Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think... Oh, bondage! Up yours! One, two, three, four! We are back, and this week we are the Slaywa Three Musketeers. Um, Quentin, how are you doing this evening? There's a lot going on with that name. Yes. But I don't really know. <laughs> so, like, I, I like we can just leave the joke as it is. Sure, but I sure. just kind of have no clue what the fuck this name means. Re- okay, well, do you know about the, the Raywa Three Musketeers? I do not. <laughs> Oh, okay. So the New Japan has a new they have new three musketeers, which is like the third section, three to the the to the third, right? It's the ninth power three musketeers. Uh Yoda Suji, Shota Amino, and um oh god. Uh Ren Marita are the is new it, three it? musketeers. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> so so there's three of us. As we also have our guest this evening, Daniel Makabe. Daniel, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I didn't get your reference either, but I, I did know that there was. I did know there was another set of, of musketeers. Which, um, I mean, those are some big shoes to fill because obviously the first set are all timers, and the second right. set are another set of all timers. <laughs> so okay, the second set of three musketeers. I Shibata, Tanahashi, is Shinsuke. it Yoshitato or was it Shinsuke? It's Shinsuke. I was, was going to say, was it Wataru in a way? No, Why do I always Shinsuke. remember it being Yoshitatsu? I don't know. He comes, he's later than those guys, though. He is? Okay. Okay. For some reason, I remember him being part of like some named group and then he d- disappeared. I And then I was like, is it Nakamura? It, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wataru is around that that period, but I don't think they ever thought that he was going to be. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I was like. I, like I remember like Wataru being like well liked, but I couldn't remember if he was like part of like necessarily like the Tana like the Tana Nakamura Shibata group. That's what I was like. Yeah. I think he was always kind of undersized as well. Yeah. But anyways, we're we're getting off topic. Hello, I'm back. When's the last time hey. I was on the show? I don't remember. It's been a while. Was Jay's- it SCI last year? Might be. Might be. Jay is probably has more uh, guest appearances than you now, which is, you know, it just is what it is. Um, but, uh, you know, you're back. We're here to talk about SCI again. This time, I guess you weren't there for the first time in a while. So that's obviously interesting. Um, for the first time in five years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, is that true? It's really I mean, 
It's five years. Oh, I guess. Okay, I mean, okay. Yes, yes. The last a couple one years. that I was yes. not at was 2018, which is five years ago. So, yeah. Right. That's, but you weren't in five SCIs. Because no, I was, in three SCI. I was in yeah. three SCIs and then they missed a year for COVID. So that's, okay. that's, that is kind of insane. Like, I, didn't, like, I didn't put that in perspective, but uh, yeah, that's wild. It is. It is. Um, I was, okay. So, so Dan, I was, you know, you didn't get the reference or the name. I did have other names. I was trying to figure out something to do like a hangman page and Lincoln page, but I did, I dropped that one. Um, and then does I was Quentin even get you... does Quentin even get the joke you're making there? Or? Uh he might. Uh, so, do you know? So, 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 so here's the secret to a lot of this. Is <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's talking about the majority of the time with these. Like, I, like, like zero this any clue. At least, especially at this point when I'm like so like inactive on social media for the most part, I have no clue about any of these. Fair. Are, Lincoln are, page. You, are you familiar? Are you familiar with Lincoln Page? No, but yeah, someone inform me on this one. The Lincoln Page was my original name when I first debuted on the Indies in November of two thousand and three. Oh, I somehow I have never heard this. Yeah, Lincoln Page. Yes, and uh, uh, the the idea was because my gimmick was I was I was a smart fan. I was like a a. a a message board fan that was my original yeah. independent gimmick and so it's it's like a play on like web link web page and also link on page so <laughs> yeah. link and yeah. page and uh uh i remember i i did it i don't think i've ever told this story um we're getting real off off track Let's when go. we do that um uh when I first debuted I, and I told the, the promoter, like, this is the idea behind the gimmick and da, 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 and this is the name. And I came out to uh, a cover of the, the theme from Tetris by a band called Ozma. Um, and uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's cool. Um, I think it was like way over the heads of, of most fans then in this area. And then he like randomly kind of like left uh, he gave another guy control of of the the promotion and and that guy's like no it's a business exposing gimmick and we can't be doing this and and uh no we can't be like mocking you know the, our livelihoods by like pretending to be a smart fan and like you know being you know making insider references and pretending. whatever it was like 2000 it was pretending to be a smart fan anyways. i know like, yeah. like the, the joke For the joke's you. on him yeah i know um and uh but then he was like yeah so uh I, i've got a new idea for a gimmick for you because you you kind of look like billy kidman so we're gonna pretend that you're <laughs> billy kidman's cousin and we're gonna call you link kidman <laughs> oh my god so i i did i did work one show as link uh. kidman so oh, there you okay. go. How was how was how was Link spelled? Was it L I N K or was it like L I N C? No, well, in, Lincoln was spelled with with a C, but when he sh when he abbreviated it for me, uh, it was with a K, I believe. Yes, Link yeah. Kidman. Oh my god, Link that's Kidman. So good. Yeah, so oh, we can't expose one. the we can't expose the business by having me be like a smart ass who got his ass kicked, but right. uh, but we can we can dupe everyone by saying that i'm billy kidman's cousin so yeah. you, you know you here's the thing is that thinking about 
what 2003 Dan Makabe would have looked like, I very much see the Billy Kidman potential there. I see it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's, absolutely well, it's, it's, it's funny. The, 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 the gimmick at the time was it was very much inspired by East Coast Indies at the time. Your, your CZWs, your Jersey All Pros, where your undercard uh, like junior heavyweights were all wearing like UFO pants. Um, yeah, yeah. So I had I had multiple pairs of UFO pants that I wore. Oh, nice! You had the uh, the trash bags. Uh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I was a trash bag wrestler for sure. I was a trash bag wrestler <laughs> until like three years ago. So, uh, well, not three, a little longer than that, but still. Anyways, let, let's yeah, talk about were... SCI. If, if you're not aware at this point, we're talking. We're here to talk about SCI. <laughs> well, that was the plan. Um, the second uh, episode name was going to possibly be Big Unit Warfare. Uh, because of the the blood and guts that just happened, um, which I don't know if either of you guys did. Either of you guys watch Blood and Guts? I think it, I didn't get a chance to yet. Didn't get a chance. I yeah, don't I'm watch AEW ever. So that's, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. And honestly, I'm I'm getting to that point. If I'm being perfectly honest, I'm just like kind of done with caring about it. Um, the one thing I, I wanted to mention. Oh, go ahead. I was just say I've I've watched some stuff in the last couple of weeks because uh. An uh, incredibly high amount of my friends have been doing squash matches because <laughs> they've been sure. in Canada for the last like month. So, yeah. Um, the one thing I wanted to just mention real quick, and it's just it just comes up because of the blood and guts format, and obviously anybody who talks about it, uh, you know, references that it's a war game style match and that the the heels always get the man advantage. And then, you know, if you go down the right path of conversation, you end up talking about, you know, who is ever stupid enough to give the baby faces the advantage. Right. And when people talk about that, they tend to reference like, uh, I, I don't even know. There's like some random match and then they'll talk about Russo. TNA did it. Yeah. Yeah. TNA did. Everyone references that. Oh my God, how stupid are they? They did that or whatever. You know what people never reference when they talk about giving the baby faces the man advantage when it comes to a war games match? It's ROH versus CZW Cage of Death. A match that everyone pretty universally says is a great match and was fantastic. The babyface team technically had the man advantage from the coin toss and nobody ever complains about it and says how stupid it is because they pulled it off and it just feels like that proves that it's not like the dumbest thing to ever do it. You just have to be incredibly smart to pull it off. But I mean, technically it happened and it was done right and it worked. It took a lot of extra booking and it was a very special situation. But, you know, like I said, nobody ever references that. Nobody ever says, oh, it wouldn't it be. Isn't it so funny? The heels always get the man advantage, except for when it's Vince Russo because he's an idiot. And they never go. And then also Gabe Sapolsky because he's, you know, one of the greatest bookers of all time. Uh, so, yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there so people remember <laughs> to to be fair when you're critiquing wrestling, you know? Remember, there's a lot did to this. The, did, did the babyfaces get the advantage last night? or? No, no. I'm just saying when people talk about war games, they always bring that up, you know, because Blood and Guts is like a war games-esque match. Um the babyfaces ended up with the advantage by the end of the match because similar to the the cage of death, two members of the team kind of deserted. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was not exactly uh, it wasn't the the coin flip situation. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so we are here to talk about SCI SCI weekend. Um, the big the biggest 
couple of nights on the calendar for a lot of people, a, a very particular subset of fans, right? Um, I guess, do we want to just start out with the night before? I don't know if either of you guys watched it. I assume you did, but, you know, I don't know. Quentin, did you watch the night before? I saw the Thatcher match, but that's it. Fair, fair. Okay. Um, there's not much else to talk a ton about. Um, Dan, did you, I assume you watched the night before. I, tr- yes. Let me see. Did I watch the whole show? I'm just looking it up. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I saw, but no, I did not see the entire show. I saw, ooh, I only saw the last two matches on the night before. Fair, fair. Okay. Um, I would say if you're going to go back, if you take any time to go back, um, the kind of local young boys, three-way dance, Cody Manhorn, Josh Locke, and Casey Owens is worth checking out. Um, it's TWE, right? So it's like, they've got a lot of guys who are solid, but if you're, if you're like me, you don't take the time to really watch TWE shows as much as you probably should just because there's a ton of quality wrestling going on there. But again, I'm wasting my time watching AEW, which I'm probably going to stop doing, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and this was a good like example of just, hey, check out these three guys. These are two, like three of the young bucks from this company showing off what they can do on a big night. It's, you know, just about five minutes long. Um, and it's just worth checking out for that just to see what what you like because you could pick any one of these guys and they could be the one that you think is a standout, you know, because they've they're all pretty talented and do some cool stuff. Um, so I would definitely say check that out. Priest and Clancy, another one worth checking out just because, again, under 10 minutes. Clancy, I think, has gotten really good. Adam Priest is, you know, the reigning and defending wrestler of the year as far as I'm concerned. Um, so it's like, yeah, just really solid match there. Connolly and Tank, unfortunately disappointed for for what I was hoping for for Connolly. So it's kind of like, eh, I, I would say, you know, watch it just if you like Connolly, but if you don't, don't watch it because I don't want this to be your impression of what Mad Dog Connolly is like. Um, Campbell and Murphy, I was hoping for a bit more out of these two. It was really good, but it was just quick. I think that they need, this is their kind of a rematch after they had a match a couple weeks ago in TWE that ended in a double countout. Um, clearly these guys, I'm going to guess are friends or at least respect each other friendly and they want to do something cool where they beat the piss out of each other. Um, and they're still kind of setting it up. I think this was a good way to get maybe on a big night where people are going to actually pay attention, like continue to build the drama between these two. Um, but eventually they're going to need to do like a big gimmick match and and probably bleed and and do a bunch of ton of crazy weapons and just really go all out is like the next step for them. But, you know, either way, like you can still get there. Um, Hossman and Okami was kind of a, a real quick match. Okami starts selling the leg somewhere early on, and I can't tell if that was a you know if that was real, and that's why the match seemed like it went quick. Okay, so no, you know what? I actually I forgot. I was I did see the last four matches then because I okay. did see that and and can confirm that Okami getting hurt was real because he was yeah. supposed to be in the night two scramble and he wasn't able to do it. So he actually does have a knee injury. Okay. Yeah, and that makes sense because yeah, it seemed like this didn't make any sense for the match and the way it was set up and what it, it should have been. It just kind of ends abruptly too. Yeah, yeah, and it, and Okami did not seem like I, you know, I hate to say this because some people are just really good at selling and they make everything work, but it didn't look like he was selling. It looked like he was hurt, you know, and, and you know that happens. Um, 
Aaron Wade and Manders. I mean, this was kind of impressive to me for Aaron Wade. Like I've seen him here and there, thought of him as kind of a joke, but he stood up to Manders here in a pretty solid match. Dan, you said you saw this one. What did you think? I don't remember it, if I'm being honest. Um, But I I can confirm that Wade has come so far since I first met him. Uh, I actually first met him at SCI in 2019 between, I think, Futures and Night 2. There was just kind of a contingent of people in the ring just kind of working on things. And I think I was probably just holding court, showing showing some young guys some things, and he was there just kind of listening and learning. And now um, he actually has kind of a, a character, and uh, and his in-ring, I think, has gotten better. Um, and he's he's part of that kind of heel stable with uh, with Hossman and and that crew. And uh, yeah, I I think he makes a good punching bag too. Like I've seen him in person get take a, a mighty beating from Tank before, and if I recall, he took a, a pretty decent beating from Manders here too. So yeah, um, yeah, he he definitely took a beating, but stood up. And like I said, he comes across a little bit more legit. You say he's got like a character now, but I would say more like he's got like a charisma he had like a comedy gimmick before and now he's got i guess character is a good way to put it like now he's sure actually a yep. wrestler you know um bankston versus ichiban um this was kind of a i think a start a guy who i've seen plenty of ichiban but i thought really ended up impressing over the weekend and and standing out in a way where like he added good flavors to the cards and something different that like you know, I don't know. The travel's got to be tough because he's obviously he's a wrestling open guy. He's from up north. Um, but like something that the kind of this southern scene, we talk about TWE and all this could really use a Ichiban more regularly, you know, I mean, and it's funny because, like I said, I've seen plenty of them on on wrestling open and never really thought much of him. I did like his kind of his feud with Max Caster. But even at the time, I was kind of like, you know, I really like Max Caster. So. You know, I'm not thinking like, oh, this Ichiban guy is great because he's having good matches and doing fun stuff with Max Caster. But seeing him here in this, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, you take a guy like that who is solid and is the champion in wrestling open. But, you know, they run they wrestle, they run shows every week and and blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. Um, And seeing him transplanted into here and it's like, okay, like, you know, he brings something fresh and unique to the card. And like a guy who that's always, I think, a good way to see like how talented someone is as a wrestler is like. When they go outside of their home market and they really like show like they can bring a lot of the same overness that they have in their home market where everyone's used to them, they can kind of, you know, jump off the page and do it. Something honestly that Dan, you did yourself here in the same southern scene where you showed up there and people didn't know who you were and they instantly gravitated toward you and kind of got what you were doing. Um that said, yeah, also I, I, mean, I, I was oh, go I was gonna make the same I was gonna make the same Go ahead, yeah, please, please, I don't please. want to I didn't want to blow like smoke up my ass, but as you were saying it, I was like, man, that sounds familiar. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, that's why it's so important. I think for people to travel because you become almost complacent um, in your own scene. Like you can get better in your own scene by working like, with different guys and working with more experienced guys. But, um, and yeah, like I, I know for a fact that Ichiban and Ryan Clancy traveled down together from the Northeast uh, for this weekend of shows, and it was something like a twelve or fourteen hour drive. Like it's a it's a ways. Um, so yeah, you're probably not going to see them in the South on a regular basis, but maybe you know a couple times a year. 
um, I, I think it would be beneficial for, for all parties involved. It's good to freshen up the scene, make interesting matches. I thought this was a very cool match, maybe a little long, um, but, uh, but it's a title match. And uh, the one thing about you know these shows in the South, especially, is like it's a 16-minute match. Other than the main event, which we'll talk about in a minute, like nothing else on this show goes longer than like eight minutes. Um, so TWE and SCI in general do do a really good job of pacing shows and and giving you like a lot of matches in, in rather short order. Um, so you can have a sixteen minute long match and, and it doesn't um, it doesn't really bog things down. But uh, yeah, it was a cool match. And I really like Darian Bankston, and, I, and I've worked with him earlier this year, and, and I just like him as a as a human being in general, and and think he's got a ton of potential. So, yeah, uh, it was cool to see these guys work together, and hopefully Bankston maybe makes his way up to the Northeast and can work with more guys up there because I think that would be beneficial for him. So, yeah, I agree with that, and and it was funny because like you you jumped in at the perfect spot, and it really was where you should have talked right now. But uh, but the only reason why I was like trying to continue my steamroll conversation is just because I didn't want to short shift Bankston because I did not mention him at all. Um, and this was the first match that he had on the weekend, obviously, and it was the one that kind of opened my eyes because I have been watching him, especially since his match with you, and I haven't been, I'll say, incredibly impressed with his in ring. I get that he's over. I see that. I see that the crowd is behind him. I see that he's got charisma. Um, but his in-ring didn't do it. This match kind of opened my eyes and and I saw like, okay, this is what he's better at. Is It's not even necessarily that he's wrestling a different style when it comes to the moves and, and the way that like that kind of stuff, but that he was more the dominant, the top, like kind of fighting from the top. And that's why it's perfect. He's the undisputed champion in TWE now. And I'm going to pay attention to this title reign because he seems to me to be much better in that role as a as an ace you know and in his match especially with you that was not the story being told you know you were trying to you're the outside you know foreigner that everyone loves but uh but is you know definitely known for your wrestling prowess so he had to prove himself to stand toe-to-toe with you and uh, that was kind of more the story of the match and it just to me he did not work as well in that setting but here in this setting i see it more um that said, I mean, you talked about kind of the format and the matches, and maybe this is uh, something Quentin, you know, this is like a, you can be involved in the conversation here um, a little bit. Is like that format and that style of doing the shorter matches. I think it's just like so much smarter, but it obviously it takes the discipline and it takes like telling people, like telling someone like a, uh, like an Adam Priest and a Ryan Clancy, who you said like, you know, they drove in for 13, a 13 hour drive and you tell him, yeah, you're third you know, third on the show and you got less than 10 minutes. I'm sure that, you know, that doesn't feel good. You tell someone like Adam Priest with how good he is, you got less than 10 minutes and he's probably not going to be super happy, but you have to deal with it. And when you book that way, then it does make longer matches and, you know, things that, that and on number one, it makes wrestling just seem like it's tougher because when every match goes an hour, you go like, okay, well, how hard is this stuff? If everyone's able to go an hour, um, number one and then number two it makes it when matches do go long it makes it feel that much more important and that kind of booking kind of a philosophy and and sticking stick-to-itiveness of like having the the wherewithal to do that really makes a huge difference like i don't know quentin what do you think about that with matches getting longer and longer versus like people sticking to shorter matches like this i feel like sci has always done done a really good job of that like getting these getting uh the guys that are coming that are coming in from all over wherever they're coming from like to to buy into like 
the greater good of the product and the story that they're telling and that one day like if you do whatever like you come here and you work hard that we're gonna look out and you're gonna get and you're gonna get your shot so i think that's everything that's always been really prevalent and worked successfully for the scenic city shows and just a lot of these southeastern shows in general is that like there's no like mo to run these super long matches now there may be ones that are important and get time like say like a adam priest and kevin Koo or, so, or something like that but like otherwise that's not really something that you would come to expect from the southern scene that is currently constructed like something i want to talk about later on is like how i think that the southern scene in a lot of ways while it's like not struggling or failing to create new names but it just felt really glaring to me watching sci like a lot of the guys that were like southern veteran staples like are just no longer available for various reasons and like having to figure that out now. And I think that a lot of, I think a lot of why like SCI can still go on is obviously a testament to like the booking team and how they scout their talent and utilize them, but also like getting those guys to buy into like, Hey, like this is just how these shows are. We are in it. We're in and out, maximize your time. And then eventually down the road, we'll be able to like do something bigger. But right now we have like a more important goal. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Dan, I don't want to overlook you if you had any else, anything else to say about that. But uh, you know, if Quentin, if you want to get into the Thatcher Newman match, I I, I think I think he summed summed it, summed it up nicely, and we should talk about Thatcher and Newman and then move on because we got a bunch more shows to talk about. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I. Obviously, like this is everyone here is just gonna gush over Thatcher, but I want to just give credit to Jaden because just seeing Jaden from where I was first introduced to him back in 2015, 2016, whenever whenever um I started watching more Southern indie stuff and to where he is now is super impressive. Like it's kind of like been watching a guy grow up in in, in a lot of ways and. Like obviously, like obviously, Jaden isn't the name or like marquee name that uh, that Thatcher is. But at this point in his career, despite how young he still is, like he didn't feel super out of place here, and that's a testament to how he's been utilized and booked for the last like two or three years, really, of always being around. But now, like finally getting like something like solidly behind him. Whether like whether it has been like in sub action TWE like really feeling like one of the guys, and he didn't feel out of place here with Thatcher at all. Not my favorite match that I saw of the weekend, but like really not that far off from me from like the other really good Thatcher match we're gonna talk about later. But like I really really liked uh, Jane's performance here, and you know Thatcher Thatcher he's incredible. But I thought that this was a very very good work from Jaden. Yeah uh dan what were, what were your thoughts here yeah i thought this match was good i thought it was really good i i mean i knew it was going to be good i don't think thatcher can have a bad match honestly i really don't um he works within his confines so well and it's something that we can discuss as the weekend progresses because he um he kind of works as uh a tweener generally speaking because he leans heel in this match i would say he certainly is the aggressor and and he takes control in this match. It's similar on night on night one of SCI with uh with Tank, obviously. 
And then he kind of works as a baby face with priest um, and, and sort of, um, you know, he, he is still the, the, you know, takes control in, in the early half, but then he sells a ton for priest um, and gives priest a ton on the back half. So, um, so yes, I don't think that you're going to have a bad match. He's very uh, durable. He's very multifaceted, even if it's, it's generally within the confines of his style of match. Um, I had really high hopes for this match. I knew Jaden could do good in this kind of match. There are little things that stand out to me that it's like, uh, this is just, if you threw any kind of modern indie guy in there with Thatcher, um, when it comes to like reversals of, of certain types of holds, it's like, well, that's not really how you would do that. But, uh, you know, so, so, so Jaden falls kind of, uh, prey to that as well. Um, even though I think Jaden is, is a very um, a good technical wrestler. Um, he had a very good match with Jonathan Gresham last year in one of those modern age grappling matches um, from the TW arena as well. So Jane can wrestle certainly. Um, and Jane can sell and Jane is, you know, I've, I've said this to people before, like, you know, I've had people privately say to me after Jane won SCI last year, like, Oh, I don't know if I really like, that as the result and it's like you are obviously not in the building you've never been in one of those buildings in chattanooga when jane newman comes out because he truly is the most over baby face in that crowd in that building in that region um and he's trying to break out man he really is but you know you said something earlier like we've been watching him grow up You've literally been watching him grow up. He's still only like 24 or something obscene like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm very proud of Jaden. Um, I've known him for four or five years now. And, um, and yeah, I think he did a kick-ass job. And I think this was Thatcher's probably second best match of the weekend. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I uh, I have to agree pretty much everything you said there, you know, <laughs> Thatcher. It's kind of the throwback character that he does, and it's also the way he presents himself. But it's it's so funny. The, the thing that always pops in my head when I think about Thatcher is um, the bull moose. And it's because of the, you know, Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, he tried to create a third party um, that was like the bull moose party. And <laughs> I don't know why, but that's the thing that I always think of Thatcher. He's a bull moose. Um in my head, I think of that and just the way that he uh, that he just brings it to Jaden. And and you can kind of see the way that he changes his tactics. It fits within the structure of a normal Thatcher match, but it also fit, fits exactly with what you were saying there, Dan, which is that like he was bringing out some of those like the wrestling holds and the maneuvers that are that are coming straight from the museum, you know, and, and the old school stuff. And and not to say that Jaden looked bad, but he definitely did not you know, exactly know what he was supposed to do all the time. And you could see that Thatcher kind of like transitioned into, you know, not doing as much of that stuff. And that's perfectly fine because it, it still, you know, fit with the story of the match and how it went. Um, one thing I mentioned relatively recently is like, you know, just how much I enjoy where at the end of the match, it looks like someone's been through something. And 
And Thatcher, like by the end of the match, he looked like he'd been through something. Um, he, you know, his hair is even more. It's funny because you look at you think Thatcher comes out and at this point he looks like disheveled when he's coming to the ring with the missing teeth and the bushy beard and the and the fucked up hair. But by the end of the match, the hair is even more fucked up. The the chest hair is like damp and matted, weird. The you know his eyes are bugging out of his head and and all of that. And and uh, and it wasn't just Thatcher though because by the end of the match, the ref. Uh, I, I think her name is Kim. I'm not sure if you know Dan. Um, it's Kim. But uh, yeah, but by the end of the match, she looked like she had been through something. She looked like she's seen a ghost at the end of the match. And I'm sure that being like up close and personal um, with Thatcher has to be something else. Because, you know, you've been in there with him and you've talked to me about, you know, just how physical he can be. And I'm sure it's another level when you, you know, you see someone like Thatcher do that up close and you're right there in it and just like, Jesus Christ, what's this guy doing, right? Um, so yeah, she looked like she had been through something just being the referee. So I definitely enjoyed that. Where at the end of the match, it looks like you've actually there actually was a competition um, in there. And so yeah, I I agree with everything else you guys said about about Jaden. And honestly, coming out of the weekend, I'm higher on Jaden than I've been even in the past, and I've gotten relatively higher on him even more as we moved on. But uh, we should move on to night one of the tournament proper um, and the um, opening match. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say when we we're all on the same page here. I don't I don't have a three hour SCI pot in me today. No, no, I really, no. I really yeah. don't. Yeah, we are. Uh, we will buzz through this because there's not a ton. Uh, <laughs> if I'm honest, there's not a ton that I have to say about many more of the matches. Um, but uh, but yeah, we will open up uh, night one of the tournament. Rico and Flacco. Um, Rico was a replacement, I believe. Uh, Dan, do you remember the exact situation there? Rico's a Rico's a replacement for Alan Angels, who got pulled by by TNA or Impact. Ah, okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, this was solid. I really am starting to like Rico quite a bit. Um, and I think that, like, yeah, he something you know brings something decent here. Flacco obviously is like the heart and soul of the promotion kind of guy. Um, and people definitely really get into him, but uh, but yeah, Quentin, did you have any th- thoughts on this match? Uh, this was, this was, this was cool. this was all right. Both got, both guys look good, but like now hearing that it could have been or what you know what was supposed to be um, Bobby and Allen, it's just like ah oh, man, that sucks a little bit. But this 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 was this was still good. It just made me really wish we would have got to see Bobby and Allen Angels. Yeah, yeah it, it would have been. It would have been cool to see Alan Angels in this tournament. He was in uh, a different tournament the pri- prior weekend that I was in up here in the Pacific Northwest, the uh, Cascadia Cup. Cheap plug. It's free on YouTube if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was a bummer that he wasn't a part of this tournament because um, I the first SEI I was in, he was in Futures that year. So um, and has been around uh, the show for for years and years. So. And he's also a, a WWA four guy, as is Flacco and Rico. So they kind of all have that in uh, in common. Um, this match was, I thought they cut a really nice pace. It's only like seven minutes. It, it didn't feel like it just breezed by. Um, it was a really, really fun opener. Um, maybe they did a little too much for seven minutes, but that's just kind of the style these guys work. So... Um, and yeah, I think Rico's got, uh, has got a future for sure. Like he, he's super athletic. He's already really good at selling and garnering sympathy. And if you haven't seen his match with Anthony Henry from the most recent action show, that match is really good. He takes a serious beating in it and, and Bob's 
Bob's kind of the most underrated guy in the South. I think honestly, he, uh, he just like, he just has good matches and he's over and you, he's a good baby face and you just kind of take him for granted. But, uh, I thought he had some really good performances this weekend and this was a good way to start off the tournament. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. When you talk about Flacco, um, the next match up is John Wayne Murdoch versus Sawyer Wreck. This is a, is it IWA no holds barred? I always mix this up. IWC, whatever. Um, no holds barred rules match. These two kind of known for death matches working, you know, uh, H2O and other places around there. Um, Quentin, what did you think about uh, Sawyer Wreck and, and John Wayne Murdoch in this death match in SCI? It was, it was definitely a real big change of, uh, you know, when you watch SCI over the last, like, going on like a while now, like, wow, like in two years, it's going to be 10 years of SCI in, in two years. It's kind of wild. Um, but like, yeah, you don't see this type of thing very often. You, we've seen Tank and I, Tank and Iceberg around and doing their plunder, doing their pl- plunder matches and uh, crowd pleasing, crowd, crowd pleasing at that in that way. But in terms of like skewers and shit like that, like this is, I think, uh, at least at this level of first, and that's not even to say that this is like the most gruesome death match to have ever been death matched. Like it's still like pretty run of the mill stuff here. It's still it's fun and I and I enjoyed it, but. I think it's it's enhanced by the novelty of the fact that like Scenic City Invitational is just not known for running matches like this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dan, what did you think of uh, Reckon? And uh, it's Wayne it's here? fun. I, I I like both of these guys in this context. It's absolutely the ICW No Holds Barred influence because they've been running in Chattanooga, so you know you know semi frequently every couple months. So. Um, you could tell they're sort of like, oh, well, let's, you know, let's do this. That really caters to um, these particular participants. I don't know if I necessarily love it in the context of the tournament, um, but it was like, again, it's super short. And both these guys are really good at that style. I think Sawyer Rec has like such a cool presence. Uh, she uh, carries herself really well and she legit is super fucking tall. <laughs> um like in her in her boots she's taller than me i'm pretty sure so um so yeah it was um it was a change of pace to say the least but like that's one thing that i think this card and just sci in general always does a really good job of is not every match is out there designed to be like a four star like main event style yeah you know it's not like gcw where they just sort of like do whatever you want to do for as long as you want to do it it's like, let's give everyone a little bit of a taste of every kind of style that we can on one card. And maybe, you know, one or two matches will get the time and the placement on the card to really stand out and try and have like a knock it out of the park style match. But, you know, everyone else has an opportunity to have a different kind of match and it can still be a good match uh, for whatever kind of context it's in. Um, so, yeah, it's different. And uh, whether or not I like, doing it in a tournament i don't know i haven't figured it out yet but um i can see more places doing it though and, and sci doing it again in the future so i kind of liked it i kind of liked it in the sense that i've talked about how like deathmatch tournaments are kind of weird when you really think about it for you know accentuating the, the 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 getting the most out of it because it's like after a whole night of nothing but death matches you kind of like it kind of starts to lose it if you have like a, a night of a bunch of just matches and one death match it kind of stands out more um 
True. So it is interesting the way that, the, that not a lot of places mix it up that way. Um, and and in the context of SCI, I like it because it is the because, you know, I thought something about that. I thought about that with this. And then in the context of the final where they like expressly go like this is a no DQ final, even though it's always been referee discretion. We're like expressly saying it's no DQ, putting it out there. Um, and then you did this on it. It's kind of like, OK, it feels like you're kind of like going down a certain path with SCI being a little bit more lenient, a little bit more. Let's let this stuff go if people want to go you know, balls out and do stuff like this. They can, um, you've got Landon Hales with the big, you know, obviously was not intentional, but all the blood and that was kind of sick. So it just felt like SEI kind of taking it up a notch with the brutality and the violence. So I kind of appreciated it for that. Um, the part where, where Murdoch goes and grabs a bundle of tubes and just dumps them off kind of didn't work for me. I didn't understand what the fucking point of that was, but I guess really the only point of it was that they probably were not allowed to use light tubes in the context of a match um, in this building. And that was the only reason why they actually did that. But uh, it just didn't really make any sense to me um, to do that. But uh, either way, moving on uh, the next match, BK Westbrook and uh, action Mike Jackson. This might have been my number two match of the first round. Possibly it could even flirt with number one. Like I've really, really become a big fan of, of Westbrook recently, especially the, the tag team with, um, with Eric Royal has been just fantastic. And then the stuff he's doing in DPW, I just think oozes character oozes charisma naturally just super comfortable in ring, insanely talented physically and his execution and everything, obviously, just a great wrestler, but the character stuff and all that works. And then you've got, you know, Mike Jackson, who obviously you know, decades of this shit is just also great. So these two just did amazing character work, you know, doing telling a story, popping the crowd, doing like bits and all that shit. But then on top of it, Mike Jackson still likes to go and likes to fucking work and and bring up the, the tempo. And he's not just going out there and doing nothing but fucking crowd work. He's taking big body slams at his age and all that. And uh, it was just the perfect matchup. I mean, these two guys, you know, fit. They're just like cut from the same cloth. So they just absolutely fucking destroyed it. I loved this. I thought this was fantastic. I just, yeah, this was this was fucking great. But uh, yeah, Dan, what did you think? I fully agree with the sentiment. And like literally the second the match was over, I was messaging BK and saying, you worked your fucking ass off to get that guy over. And like, so here's the, here's the secret. Like Mike Jackson in 2023, it's kind of, it's not a meme, but it's kind of like a wink, wink. We're all in the, on the joke. Like it's not a joke. The guy can obviously still go, but he's not at the physical level that he probably once was. There's a lot of cooperation involved. There's a lot of people having to bump and sell well. So his shit doesn't look bad. Right. And the thing I will say about BK compared to a lot of other people who maybe get a little bit more shine on them, get a little bit more discussion because of where they work and the style they work. BK can be super flashy, super impressive physically. The one thing that BK has over all of those other guys is his fundamentals are so fucking good. He bumps so well. His footwork is great. He feeds well he he sells well like everything he does you can just tell he's just trained really really well and like he's trained by eric royal partially so that helps who i i think is 
you know, is another guy I've seen and I know has great fundamentals. So um, I thought Westbrook did an amazing job here working with Mike Jackson. I thought him and Landon on day two was really good. I thought it was better. I mean, we'll get to it later. I thought it was better than Landon and Eli Knight, which probably gets a lot more discussion coming out of this weekend because it's a flashier match. But I thought Westbrook and him had a just a more uh, better composed match, I will say. And I just think Westbrook is just, he's not underrated, but like he's approaching underrated because I, I just think the world of him as, as a performer, and he's a really good good guy too when i was when i was in the south earlier this year i was riding with him and, and eric royal and got to know him a little bit better and uh i think like the sky's the limit for him honestly yeah i think i agree with you i think the bk what you're saying i was gonna say i'll say it i'll say he's underrated but the, the the thing with bk is not that he's underrated he's he's under he's underseen that's the problem i think that everyone who sees bk instantly gets it and likes him and talks him up but He's just not wrestling in places where anyone's paying attention, unfortunately. Like, I've been evangelizing for DPW as much as I can, but like, you know, not a lot of people seem to watch it and not a lot of people talk about it. So that's kind of the thing. But Quentin, what did you think about uh, Westbrook and Jackson here? I mean, you guys about covered it. I just want to say, like, yeah, this is a, this is a type of performance that really showcases why BK Westbrook, like, should be poised to be a bigger name by the end of the year and going forward. Like, this is a guy that, like, clearly gets it understands like like you know like 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 come from a good cloth in terms of like who he like who we learned under and stuff like that and just really understands what he's going out there to try to try to do so yeah just echoing on the sense of miss that bk is really really great tim if you're talking you're muted i am i am all right uh moving on um, Quentin, let's talk about what some people would say was last year's wrestler of the year, taking on what others might call last year's worst wrestler of the year. Adam Priest versus Shadza McKenzie. What did you think? <laughs> um I don't think this I don't think this was a bad match. Uh a little weird and maybe like uh not supernatural at points. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was a bad performance though. Like Shad, like Shazza didn't look awful to me and, you know, Priest being as great as he is, he did what he could to like make the most out of the, out of the, out of the situation. But this, this was, this was fine. Like this didn't go as poorly as like some on paper you could think it would go, but you know, it was, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be nice. That's fair. And to be fair, I will say because i i set you up on that and that's probably not the nicest way to do it but i'm not saying i say that shazza was the worst wrestler of the year i'm just saying i've seen people who have very popular podcasts and and patreons who literally say that they think that shazza is the worst wrestler who gets you know pushed in big companies or whatever in the world and it's kind of interesting that her match is against a guy that a lot of people whose opinions i respect call the wrestler of the year um that said i mean Obviously, a big part of this was setting up Priest for being about as pure heel as he could be throughout the tournament and the biggest heel of the company. Um, and Shazza is a is a big, likable baby face that crowds get behind. Um, I think that definitely adds to it. If you're someone who's you know seen her live and been in there and, and gotten the infectious kind of nature of that she gets over in the building that way, you kind of understand the whole point of like what she's doing. Um, 
And I do think it's maybe a bit overblown when people, you know, some people say how terrible she is or whatever. I think that, you know, she's not, I don't know, whatever. Either way, it was solid. It, it was telling the story that it was telling. It was, I think it was laid out really well. The psychology made sense. But Dan, what did you think? Yeah, it, it, it's an eight minute mid card match in a tournament. Is it like Priest's best work ever? No. Um, I. I <laughs> Shazza is a friend of mine, so uh, I, I think Shazza works really hard. I think Shazza is over as a baby face, um, and, and I think Shazza played her role here. And it was it was a good match. It was over. It helped tell the story. I actually liked her match with John Wayne Murdoch the next day too. Maybe better than this. I think she's kind of really leaned into like doing the like the plunder matches, and I think she does a pretty good job at that. And she takes a good beating in those kind of matches. We'll talk about it shortly, but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought this was fine. Uh, and, and it just helped advance the story that like priest is always a heel in that building, as opposed to like the action building where he's like super over as a baby face now, which is funny. Cause it's like a two hour drive from those two buildings to one another. But, uh, <laughs> um, but they just really wanted to lay it on thick that priest was the heel this weekend, the heel of heels. And, uh, and this was just a nice table setting for, for what was to come tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, when you when you talked about Shazza there, you know, it reminds me of she's uh, she's just like Adam Cole, you know, like really good in these plunder matches. But you don't think about it because they're pretty boys. Um, but uh, moving on Cole from there, Shazza McKenzie is like not a thing I think I'd ever hear. <laughs> and I, and I, I think mean, it's wrong. It's just a thing that would have never crossed my mind. <laughs> never crossed your mind. Right. Well, very similar. Very similar style of wrestlers. Um, um just need Chazza McKenzie to start t- uh, telling people to suck her dick. Um, Jaden Newman versus Suge D. I got pretty hyped when Alex Kane came out. I mean, I know it's stupid because it's that MLW title or whatever, but I like Alex Kane a ton, or at least I did. And, you know, I'm not following MLW as much as I want. When he has big matches, like when he won that title, I definitely checked it out, you know, and he's still just as good as ever. But fuck, I wish, kind of wish he would wrestle more. Um, that said, Dan, what did you think about uh, Suge D and uh, Jaden Newman here? Oh, I'm sorry. If you don't mind, can I go first on this one? <laughs> please, please do. Um, So I know that, like, again, like, just with the way in which SCI books, there's always one match that gets the shine in the first round. There's always one that, like, gets really close to the time limit, whether it's 19 minutes, 18 minutes, maybe even goes to the time limit draw, like, that's just how they do it. Like, there's one that's just supposed to be like the match. And like Shug and Jaden, when you like look at this on paper, like it makes sense as to why it was chosen to be that. Like, and I like both of these guys. I really wasn't like super, super duper high on this one. And like, I think that both of these guys like are good and, and like can and can have better matches and have done better but like for the spot that they were in for being like the marquee match of the first round like i left feeling like a little let down by it like it's not bad but like in terms of just like that spot that they were given i felt a little let down yeah i have to kind of agree with the sentiments and and the i think the hardest part about it and the biggest bummer of it is that it really felt like one of the most it was not just meant to be the shine you know, gets the focal point of the evening first round match. It was also like, it's a kind of a big, important match to have delivered to set up more of the storyline moving forward. I mean, these two guys 
are treated as very important in this region, in all the companies involved here. Um, and the drama between them is obviously important with you've got kind of the big bad and the and the big baby face that everyone loves. And and maybe in the building, it's better. That's another thing that's really tough. Like the production, we haven't mentioned it, but the production is kind of bad overall all night. I mean, I hate to say it because I, I love, you know, the people who are putting on the shows and all this, but, you know. The cameras, like the balances are not on, the the sound is bad, you can't really, it feels like you can't tell who's truly over as much as everyone talks about it because you just can't hear the crowd well. So maybe in the building this worked, but on tape, like coming out of it, it didn't, it doesn't feel like it's set up and really builds to what was probably very important for more storylines going down the road as much as you would like. But Dan, I mean, maybe we're both completely off base. What did you think here? I don't think you're off base. Um, I... I, I thought it was it was good, maybe a little disappointing. I don't know that I necessarily want to watch either of these guys wrestle for twenty minutes. Is, is the issue so it's it's how do you spend, how do you fill that time? You know, I do like that um, they tease that they're going the twenty, and it's like oh the, you know these guys are both going to be out of the tournament, and then it was like oh no they do a double KO that that's how they get knocked out of the tournament so. It was an interesting finish. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think about it, honestly. Like, obviously, they're gonna they they're gonna keep going with uh, with these two. Um, they they gotta have a blow off at, at some point down the road. I'm guessing on a big TWE show, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know. Hmm. I, I wish I liked it more because I like both guys and I like both guys work. I just think that it wasn't necessarily um, the right type of match uh, that, that really uh, caters to, to both guys strengths. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think they've got a better match in them for sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, oh, go ahead. I, I want to say like, this is kind of where like for me, like, like again, like not the discredit, like, anything that anybody accomplished here like these are successful shows plays off long-term stuff like manders being in showcase and then winning the whole tournament and that whole turnaround there like there's stuff there to enjoy and bk westbrook and Lynn and Haley eli knight killing the show like there's a bunch of stuff to be positive about but the thing that i realized about the southeast is like great that it is that like we finally have like consistent footage available for this scene that we've had for the last however many years now since IWTV been birthed, like you really feel the absence of guys like JD Drake and Anthony Henry and Slim J and Kyle Matthews and like you know God rest his soul like Jimmy Ray for all going yeah. like not there for various reasons like guys that could do stuff like this and like even like a Kevin Koo who like isn't in the tournament and I'm sh- pretty sure has moved by now. Um, like that, like guys that like could have like been those guys. They're like, hey, we can carry like the work rate showcase part of these things. Like we can be the guys that can go eighteen, nineteen, like twenty minutes seamlessly. And whether that, and then like sometimes you could like rectify that with outside talent coming in too. And then in in, pre- in previous in previous points, but like I think that there was a noticeable lack of that. And in general, as kind of a noticeable lack of that in the Southeast right now, for the most part, again, like you have Adam Priest, who we all love Adam Priest, and he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. But like 
outside of Adam Priest, like you really don't have guys like that who can carry that amount of time. And for all the improvements that Jaden has made and like for how underrated I think should be is like, like Dan said, maybe these aren't guys I want to necessarily see go 20 minutes. And so that was a big takeaway for me is I feel like those sort of like really good veteran guys that are no longer there and available, like for whatever the reasons are, like I felt like this was the first time, like I really, really missed like the presence of a lot of those names. You know, I thought about it earlier, and when you mentioned it, obviously, I just like kind of reacted. But yeah, like the closest thing to something like that is, as Dan mentioned, like the drive between this building and the and the action building is like two hours or whatever. Um, That like the closest thing that we had to that comparison with with Adam Priest, like being a heel in one promotion and a babyface in the other promotion to Jimmy Rave and 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 that's it. Like you mentioned, so many other names there that were like bolstering the scene with him. And now it's like we've got priests and that's about it. Like if when it comes to that, unfortunately, right now, I mean, there is some stuff here, though, like when I do look at it on paper that you could have moved things around. I mean, you talk about both these guys, you don't want to see them in 20 minutes, but, you know, and, and I shouldn't even do like fantasy booking, whatever, especially when I know that like the bookers will probably even pro- hear this. Um, it's like you do this match and it's Jaden and Hossman and I think it goes 20 minutes and you take the ring apart and it's a crazy brawl with a double knockout and I probably enjoy it quite a bit more. So, you know, I, I, I get why it doesn't go that way but i just think that there is a little bit of stuff that you could have moved around and it would have worked a little bit better um but either way um moving on (laughs) landon hell versus eli knight um two guys who eli knight i was already a big fan of landon hale made me a big fan by the end of this weekend um and Quentin, you kind of referenced it there. These guys tearing it down. I feel like you, you've just gone first like three matches in a row. So I don't know if you mind going again, just because you've already mentioned how much you liked this. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like this is one where on paper, if you've seen either of these guys, like you kind of expected it to be good and maybe be a sleeper. And just because those two, like these two are already super talented. It was on it was on pace to being good, but then like once you get to the stuff with Landon Hale bleeding from the back of his head and everything, you know, sorry for the people that are anti blood and anti uh John Moxley. I don't know, but like blood enhances things in wrestling sometimes, especially when you're doing simulated fighting and violence that blood makes things better. So you get so you get that and the blood from the back of the head really enhances it. Eli doesn't even go super hard on it, but you do get some stuff like the elbows to the back of the head and some big spots. Like I really, I really enjoyed this from these two. And like, again, like this is the kind of stuff that I think that like SCI and like the Southern scene needs is like these guys who like just capture the attention of everybody. And they're due for one of these every tournament. But I think this was the one that did it this go around. And I really, really enjoy both, both of these guys and Landon Hale made a, good impression for people that hadn't seen him before yeah for sure and uh i guess you know uh dan in case you know maybe it'll make you feel more comfortable you want to compare this to people from your scene you could think of this as like uh for the pacific north so this might be like um nick wayne versus uh jackie lee this is like uh, the same kind of match i don't know um but that, that was i guess meant to be a joke i'm sorry that was weird i don't even know where that came from um, you mentioned it earlier when you talked about the BK and the Action Jackson match maybe being better than this, but this match would get more talk. Um, 
And I kind of get what you meant by that. No, I, I, said, I, meant, I said BK and Landon from day two. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Um, as far as, 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 as Landon Hale's singles, singles matches go, I like the BK match better than the Eli match. Gotcha. This is gotcha, good, too. Okay. And, and, and this obviously gets the added uh, drama from, you know, Landon splitting open the back of his head on one of those wooden chairs at the TW Arena that I know firsthand all about because I also split open my head uh, on one of those wooden chairs oh in the TW God. arena. <laughs> I forgot about so, that. Yeah. Yeah. So that did was, you do that twice? That was, no, I I did just it uh, just the one time. Okay. Yeah. In 2021. Okay. So, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, these guys work so hard. They're super athletic. Um, and I think Hale has just got a real natural baby face vibe to him he's trained by robert gibson so obviously he's learned something about being a babyface in the south um so yeah it, it's a cool match um i just think uh th they've had two matches prior uh they were on the future show at last year's sci and then um maybe they were the future show the last two scis actually once in a three-way and once in the singles and uh and those matches are definitely more compact and just kind of like, let's cram as much cool stuff into a short amount of time as possible. Whereas this had a little bit more time to breathe, a little bit more storytelling elements. And, uh, and, and it was good. It was good. And, and Landon, I think is, a uh, hopefully Landon is someone who gets, gets out there a little bit more after this weekend, gets a little bit more shine on him. Spoiler. He went all the way to the finals and, uh, and people in the South know that he's that he's good, and he actually lives up in Boston, the Boston area now. So hopefully, he gets a little bit more opportunity up there. So, oh, geez, I wonder. I'm like trying to think of like what promotions are in that area that he could work in, but that's not really. We don't need to talk about that here. Um, he's, yeah, he's, I agree. He's, with he's, working, he's working. He's working EW a few times. Okay. Um. Yeah, and, and and I agree with everything you guys said there. Basically, I uh, I really like Eli Knight. I like Culture Inc. a ton. Um, Landon obviously stands out by the end of the weekend. Um, next matchup, kind of fan favorites on this show: Noah Hossman taking on one called Manders. Um, Manders, an interesting guy. I mean, this is the first place to talk about him, and obviously, you know, spoiler alert: he ends up winning the whole thing. Um, so naturally it makes sense to, uh, to kind of reference him in that context. Um, just, uh, it's just tough to, to really look at it in context. I mean, someone who I think everyone was high on at a point when he was, you know, early starting on just seemed to have everything you would want. And I think, I think it's pretty easy to kind of like forget that. And think like, oh, well, he doesn't seem super hot, you know, right this moment anymore. And, oh, you know, he lost steam and all this. But it's like, there's a fucking pandemic and everyone lost steam. I mean, you know, Dan, <laughs> obviously, like, I hate to, you know, put you on the spot with this. But like, fuck, like, even you, like, do you feel like you, like, your career kind of lost steam because of having to take like a year or two off from wrestling, a lot of shows not booking, people just not paying it. Like the wrestling world is completely different. On top of that, I think it's really easy to like look at it and just go, oh, the pandemic and all this, but also like AEW made a big fucking difference 
for the wrestling scene in general. Like the indies just aren't as important because a lot of people are busy focusing on an actual number two wrestling company that exists in America, as opposed to like a ton of indies that are amalgamated into like the, the other thing that people pay attention to. So I think it's really easy to like go like, oh, you know, is he a big enough star? Should he win this? Like, yeah, of course he should. And I think he proved it. And this match I thought was great for what it was. Two big bulls just kicking the shit out of each other. I absolutely loved it. And I think it helped to set the, the table for what the story of Manners was. Noah Hossman absolutely fucking rules. And I think that he's a guy who's going to have a big run moving forward and continuing to move forward. I just, I, I think the world of him, but Manders came out of this looking like the biggest baddest ass in the world. Um, Dan, I guess, you know, I kind of called you out there. What are your thoughts on what I mentioned and this match? <laughs> uh, okay, we'll make this quick. Yes, things absolutely, the pandemic obviously derailed, um, you know, everyone. But I, I think it definitely uh, killed momentum that I had going, you know, um, going into that WrestleMania 2020 in Tampa. I had uh, as you know, one of the busiest schedules of anyone on the independence. I had a crazy stacked lineup of opponents. Uh, in that one weekend, I was supposed to wrestle Eric Royal, Fred Yehi, Jonathan Gresham, Nick Gage, uh, and do an ambition tournament for WXW. So, um, yeah, I think that would have led to more and bigger things for me <laughs> going forward. So, um, so yeah. He, you know what, so here's the thing. Manders, did he get a little derailed by that? Sure, but, you know, it does the predominant place that he works. Is it GCW? Did they mostly run through the pandemic? Yes. So I don't know that it's necessarily a one-to-one -one analog. Um, he's someone I think is just kind of, he's just been chugging along. And, you know, he's not always the most featured competitor on those promotions. You know, GCW, he's kind of a tag guy there or, part of second gear crew, you know, a big stable. Um, but he's someone who like truly works hard. Um, I, I meant to tell this story, you know, when I tweeted about him, you know, the first time I met him, he was winning futures and having that crazy opening round match in futures with, um, you know, Gnarls Garvin and um, uh, what's his name? Zach. Um, brain fart. But anyways, um uh, and then here he is now four years later winning the whole show. The first time I actually met Manders um, was he picked me up at the bus stop because uh, I had a bunch of flight issues. And then, uh, you know, I ended up having to take a bus from Atlanta to Chattanooga. And he was the one who was dispatched to go pick me up from the bus stop in Chattanooga and bring me to uh, the school for my match with Tony Deppen. And so that was the first time I met him. Um, it was Zach Cooper that I was thinking of was the, the third person in that match back in 2019, by the way. And yeah, uh, I, sorry, and, I knew, but I, I was like kind of not saying just because the unpleasantness. What, whatever. Him, right. Yeah. I mean, he was, I, he was canceled, I guess, or, or whatever, but um, anyways, uh, so man, Manders is someone who's, who's always been putting in the hours in the car and, uh, and, and, deserves it we can talk more about that when we get to night two but this match absolutely played its role it was the the hate to use the pun it was the Haas fight on night one Haasman is another person who I think has come a long way 
He really could stand to get out of Tennessee a little bit more. I know he's worked some, you know, he, I think he worked at DPW um, and obviously he works for, for action and some other promotions, but I'd love to see him working for some promotions in, you know, St. Louis or Texas or, you know, other places around, around the area. Cause he's, he's grown. He, he really plays the role well um, of, of the literal Haas and, these guys just kind of hit each other really hard and um, they work kind of similar styles. And Hossman is someone I can see in three or four years being in that Mandra's role of, of winning it all. So uh, yeah, this was a cool match and was uh, you know, it was a good semi-main event and, and set things up for, for Mandra's for the rest of the tournament. I think, okay. So sorry about the Cooper thing, but whatever. Um, he seemed like a nice guy, whatever. I don't know anything about him personally, but um, I did want to mention one thing because you talked about like it's not a one to one, and I don't think it's a one to one. I was just referencing that like you understand that the that the the pandemic did affect everyone's career, um, including your own. Probably again, probably bigger than Manders, but but you mentioned like Manders primarily working in GCW, but like I don't think that that's true before the pandemic, right? Like, so you say like he primarily works in GCW because they ran through the pandemic, and that's because. That was one of the only places that he could work. But before the pandemic, he had only worked a couple matches there. And he was not like a regular in GCW until the pandemic. And then it was like, well, where else are you going to fucking work? Like before the pandemic, he only worked GCW primarily when they were in the South. So so I get what you're saying. But I just wanted to point that out just to just to kind of clarify. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Dan or <laughs> Quentin. Um, what did you think about Hossman and Manders here? Uh, I've always said, well, I've always been really big, really big on Hossman, but anyways, I'm not really super big on the, uh, the, I guess the, whatever you want to call it, like the American, whatever, what like version of Hoss matches. Like, I just don't really feel like sometimes like the guys like do the best job with the style. Like I'm, I'm just not, always super enthused enthused by it that being said i thought this was i thought this was good though i thought this was good i like manders but uh definitely had fallen off it fallen off of him in terms of like buying it a uh, stock on him as like this potential uh potential main stay guy after that after like a monster rookie year for him uh but for what this was setting up and everything about the context and in it and you know, a big thing is, you know, you want to make a guy look really good going into this run where you're going to win something. Like, he definitely rose, definitely rose to the occasion here. And Noah Hossman didn't look out of place, didn't look like he was just there to be fed to Manders at all. Like, he went toe-to-toe with him. And I've, like, I've always been super high on Hossman and think that sooner rather than later, maybe you don't push him to the moon, you don't got to do that, you can take your time with it. But, like, sooner rather than later, I think that's the guy that, like, should be getting like really, really big chances. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree. I think personally, I would say pull pull the trigger faster because he just seems like a guy who can deliver in ring and has personality, and you can have a ton of time with him now. And the longer you wait, just the the more, you know. We I talked about this recently on the episode that you were unfortunately not on Quentin when I talked about like you're better off with the uh, new guys than trying to rebuild people that p- people have seen before. Um, but either way, uh, main event, Thatcher versus Tank. Um, I was thinking about it, Dan, and I was like, I know you've wrestled Thatcher. I know you've wrestled Jaden. 
Um, but I don't think you've ever wrestled Tank. Um, and then I kind of looked it up and, and you did not. Um, so I think what we need is we need the Dan versus Tank match eventually here. But uh, what did you think about the Thatcher versus Tank here? I, I want to wrestle Tank. Every time I see Tank, I tell him that I want to wrestle him. Uh, yeah, that's that's one that I've wanted for a while now, actually. When I was last there in April, before uh, I was pitched on wrestling Darian Bankston, I, I pitched wrestling Tank. Uh, but they had other plans for him because he was involved in a in like an ongoing story with with some other people. So and then he ended up getting hurt and not being able to wrestle on that show, anyways. Um, so, but yeah, I, I'd love to wrestle Tank. Um, he's uh, he's great, just great guy to have in the locker room, and 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 still still works really hard and and can work his style really well. I thought this was good. I was a little disappointed by it. Um, it only goes about nine minutes. I wish it went a little bit longer. Um, I wish, I don't know. I, maybe I just wish Tank had a little bit more fire in him. Um, you know, like truth be told, like Tank's getting up there in years. Tank's obviously got a lot of mileage on him, a lot of injuries, works a very hard style still to this day. Um, so it, it's a good match. Um, but I think I just had, you, you read it on paper, like Tim Thatcher versus tank. Holy shit. What a match. And it didn't quite live up to that level for me. Um, it also felt just kind of weird as a main event. Um, but I don't know what else you put in that role on this show, like Jaden and Suge, maybe for the, the local crowd, but what a lousy way to end a show with a double KO. So, um, so yeah, I guess it kind of had to be the main event, but um, it just felt kind of weird as a main event to me. But that being said, I still think it's good and well worth watching because like just the, you know, like I said, on paper, Tim Thatcher and Tank, cool match, but maybe it didn't quite live up to my own personal internal hype that I that I set out for it. Yeah, it's one of those unfortunate like dream match situations that just can't can't ever live up to the expectation really no matter what and it's you have to kind of take your brain out of that when you watch it especially not just when you watch it but when you do something like what we're doing here with like talking about it and reviewing it because because you can't you can't judge it based on the fact that you're let down by by your expectation and that said like i really really loved this because you got you got stuff that for me as like a dork who's been watching both these guys forever really, really like tickles these certain spots in your brain, just like the history of tank. And I love it because the commentary, no matter where you're at, but Dylan does the best at this wherever they talk about tank. And anytime he does anything, that's not just hitting someone over the head with the cinder block. They reference like his, you know, his amateur wrestling background and the fact that he's not, he's not just a, you know, he's not just a blood and guts guy. He can also, he has, you know, he can grapple and he can do the stuff on the mat, you know, so you get that from Tank, which, you know, has been a staple of the Tank thing since, you know, IWA, Mid-South Day, Deep South Days. Um, like, get that. Then you get the references to, to Deathmatch Tim and not just, you know, Deathmatch Tim from, you know, doing whatever bullshit with uh, Drew Gulak. I say bullshit like it wasn't a great match in Evolve, but like the real early stuff, one thing, you know, me, me and you, uh, Dan have talked about like the the big evil matches um and it was like kind of saw some of that like with Tim throwing the headbutt to the bloody tank and selling that he got hurt 
from headbutting tank that reminds me of that like showing that respect to the elders of deathmatch lore that uh that tim has always had from the beginning so it's like okay yeah like people think of him as just so fucking dry and not having personality and obviously there's no point in preaching to the choir here with the people that are actually listening to this at this point but like when you see him do something like that it's like oh no it's not that he doesn't you know have he doesn't have the entertainment that he's it has to make sense you have to do something then you have to be in there with a the guy where it actually like it is logical in the moment and he does it here and it's it's fun and it's and again like that's the stuff that i absolutely love and if i drop you know from my brain that i'm like expecting something that should be like this epic all-timer like really you could build yourself up to something like on paper tank versus thatcher and think like oh this is going to be like you know necro versus joe right like you could talk yourself into that in your head but there's no way in 2023 that's what it's going to be so when you get that out of there and you look at this for what it is like you said this was the match that had to be the main event there's nothing else that could go after this and did they give you that like yeah they did they gave you the best version of this match in 2023 um, Quentin, what did you what did you think of this? Um, me in full transparency, I'm like I'm not gonna pretend like I'm like uh, ever been like a giant tank fan there. So I feel like any version of this would have maybe it maybe would have been more fun a few years ago. But like I still probably wouldn't have like been super enthused by it. But like I love Thatcher's performance in this match. I love when we get to see like more over the top antagonizing the heel antics from thatcher and this isn't like in the same vein as like say like the thatcher versus Zack saber jr title switch or the uh first match between uh thatcher and and, and dan and three two one like it's not it's not nearly to that extent but i still like when we get to see thatcher like like you know uh show that side of himself a little bit a little bit more so from that aspect i like it um otherwise again like not the not like not the not the best thing here. You get it. Thatcher's the biggest name on here and tank the local legend. So like it makes sense for the main for the main event spot here and like realistically what else would you have put there? But like not 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 great, but I feel like you get a really like a really good Thatcher performance here. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Um moving on. The future show. I don't got a ton to say on the future show. I'll I'll leave it open to you guys. Like Clancy looks good, Ichiban looks good. These are guys who I've been a fan of already. Jay Malachi looks great um, for the opening round stuff. Like, I don't know. Do you guys have any big thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I, I didn't watch it. So unless Dan has anything. Okay. I, um, yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen all of it. Uh, I watched the, the opener to see Chris Brady because he's a local guy who I put in a good word for. And uh, I think he did pretty good with Clancy and Big Dave. Ichiban, Macabre, and Wheezy T uh, was more kind of storytelling. It, it was fine. Um, not amazing. Rachel Armstrong, Jay Malachi, and Cody Manhorn I thought was actually a really good three-way. And if you missed it, it's worth going out of your way to check out. Um, and then I just saw bits and pieces of the finals. Um, there's a really funny gif going around on Twitter of... Uh, Ichiban throwing Rachel Armstrong in the way of a Chris Brady tope yeah. that is really fucking funny. Um, 
And uh, to be perfectly honest, I'd never seen Rachel Armstrong before this weekend. And I came away really impressed by her. And I do want to see more of her. Um, she's got a really fucking nice 450 splash. Um, and like really good looking strikes. Like they kept putting over how heavy handed she was. And her strikes already, you know, for someone who I think is pretty damn young and, and still not that experienced in the business, has really nice looking strikes which is something that I cannot say for a lot of people in her role as far as new people in the wrestling industry goes. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, but I can't, I can't speak to the rest of the show cause I didn't watch it. So. Fair. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I mentioned what I mentioned already from the first one, but I agree with pretty much everything you're saying there. That spot where, um, Ichiban throws Rachel into Brady was fucking crazy. The the commentary goes nuts for it. Like uh, Moe's, I think, says never seen anything like that before. Um, I'm trying to think of like any time I was trying to think of like seeing that before. I know I've seen like stuff similar, but it was very, very cool. Um, and it followed up with, I think, Ichiban going in and hitting like a shooting star off of uh, throwing throwing Rachel into the dive, which was pretty neat. Um, so, yeah, that was the final I thought was. Even though I talked about, like, I think that Clancy was, I really, really like Clancy. Like, I think, I don't know how to put it. Like, I think like he's in some weird way, like above the futures. So it made sense for him to go out, even though he like loses in it. And they picked like the right people for the final to really like make, like, these are three people to keep your eye on. Um, so, yeah. And, and I had heard, I'll say a little bird was in my ear telling me that Chris Brady was, uh, was, recommended highly so you know dan you mentioning that you that you uh you know said had something nice to say about him i think uh, maybe speaks to that um your words have far reach i guess we'll say and the finish was sure. absolutely it, it in certain regions they do yes <laughs> yeah the finish itself was absolutely fucking sick like the the actual just the move itself rachel with like kind of a counter into a mid-rope springboard I guess you would say it was like a sliced bread, but it was just fucking nasty. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool finish. Um, the final night of SEI night two. This is the before, the, before we do this, I have, I have I have a proposal. Okay. I would like to get the non-tournament matches out of the way. I, just... I would like to say that I skipped most of the non-tournament matches the first time I watched this, so I absolutely do not care about talking about them. Okay. All right. I know that I know that yeah. the six way scramble because uh, Bankston winds up you know winds up making you know getting getting into the tournament and whatever like I want like I, I want to get those out of the way so if we're not doing those at all if Dan has any thoughts then yeah we can do that no I was we... <laughs> you jumped the gun Quentin because I was gonna open it up and say I hate doing it because I know it fucks up the flow of the show especially for something like this as a tournament but the first time I watched this I skipped all of the non tournament matches so it does affect my experience on the show. Um, so whatever you guys want to talk about from the non-tournament matches, feel free. Um, and then we'll just talk about the tournament matches, but Quentin feel like you're on page. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Uh, uh oh, go ahead, Quentin. I was just going to say, uh, uh, I echo, uh, whatever, whoever said that, uh, Murdoch versus Shaza was better than Priest and Shaza. I agree. I thought, that, I thought that Murdoch and Shaza was, uh, was pretty fun. Uh, other than that, really no, no no other thoughts. Like the young, like watching like the young guy getting showcased in the, in the tag, like Clancy and Malachi Chabon. Like 
that was cool. And I did like Rachel Armstrong when I saw her when I saw her in the scramble. So that's about it there in terms of like that stuff for me. I, I can honestly sum up all the non-tournament matches because I did watch this show live and I thought they were all good, like shockingly good and nice uh, bits of um, alternatives to the tournament. You know, it's a bunch of singles matches, so let's break it up with a six-way and a six-man and a four-way and a hardcore match. I thought they were all good. I thought that four-way tag was like, four-way tags are a pain in the ass to put together. I thought it was like, structured really well it got the skulk over well who is that you know they're the local guys everyone got to shine hit some cool shit it's less than eight, eight minutes long if that sounds good to you it was good watch it john wayne murdoch and shaza mckenzie really fun good seven minute hardcore match better than shaza versus priest on night one uh the six-way scramble to start things off Maybe a little over long, but really does a good job of putting over Bojack as being this big immovable object that they all kind of have to team up and uh, and to beat. Gets Darian Bankston's story kind of rolling. Can he run the gauntlet to make it all the way through the tournament? Spoilers, he doesn't, but he makes it to the finals. And, uh, and then the six-man tag, Jaden, Mike Jackson, and Tank as a team versus the local shitty heels is just like super fun southern tag wrestling exactly what you want Jaden newman and mike jackson do simultaneous rope walk spots which is kind of goofy and business exposing but also fun and lighthearted in the same way and uh and i liked all four non-tournament matches okay there it's out of the way let's talk about the tournaments i have i agree with everything you said um i really do i i i don't want to say that they're bad or anything like that but like i said it it affects my ability to like really give my honest takes on it that I didn't watch it in order. Either way, the first match of the tournament, I guess technically you could say not really because the scramble does become part of the tournament because of the double knockout, whatever. Um, Manders versus Sawyer Wreck. I thought this match was very good, but this is as good a place as any to make this statement that I has crossed my mind recently, and I feel like I just got to put it out there on, on wax so everyone gets it. Sawyer Wreck basically feels exactly like rsp to me at this point um super sick entrance song uh really really impressive physically uh seems insanely likable tons of charisma uh that said outside of death matches and sometimes even in death matches a ton of the offense and everything just does not w look great and i just feel like slightly awkward and not like the best mechanical wrestler in the world um it this was a good like impressive scalp for manders coming out of it because of all the stuff that i said about sawyer but i just wonder if you know after a few years that we end up where sawyer feels again like i said like she ends up having the same career that rsp has because it just seems the same way it's just this like can't miss everything is there and then for some reason it just does not connect once the bell rings uh quentin what did you think about manders versus sawyer wreck uh, I, thought, I thought this was good but now um not to put dan in the weird position but i am <laughs> definitely not uh very uh, ha uh uh not the biggest rsp fan at all so now that you put that in my brain again like now that's something i have to live with and think about so uh thank you for that but no, yeah, I thought this, I thought this was good. I enjoy, I enjoy I enjoyed this. I enjoyed Soyrek in uh, Soyrek's time in the, in the tournament. 
uh, to be honest. I thought that even if the Murdoch match was more of a novelty, a novelty thing because SCI doesn't just doesn't do things like that. That this was still very good, very good here, and like Manders looked great, obviously on his path to win, to winning the winning the whole thing. But I thought the Sawyer Rack looked very, very good here. But now I have the RSP comparison in my head. So thanks. I apologize, Dan. What do you think? You keep throwing me under the buses by saying disparaging things about people who I'm friends with. I know, so. like, like this, the RSP <laughs> okay. one is like the RSP one is like really blatant. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I'm not saying anything bad about these people. I like them. I think that they're great. I just think you know, there's these like minor you know issues. I'm I, I'm not saying like terrible and any of that. I'm saying very extensively very likable, insanely charismatic. We can, you know, we can move. We can move on. Uh, I, I, I get the com- I get the comparison. Uh, I'm just looking at her cage match right now, and it says she's like barely had a hundred matches at this point. So she started in 2019, which is crazy. Um, so I think there's a long way to go for her. But she's got a bunch of obviously she's got you know the look, the vibe, the height, which you can't teach height. Obviously, she's got the cool fucking entrance music. You're quite right. She comes out to. Uh, Obonage up yours by X-Ray Specs. Um, and I thought this was a cool match. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's only six minutes. They beat the crap out of each other. And I think it was a good use of her in this tournament. Um, kind of similar, you know, a, a little bit in tone to the match that Manders had last year with Masha, albeit maybe half the length. Um, but yeah, it's still, um, you know, a decent match, and I think agreed a, a good performance for her. And I still think she's got a long ways to go. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I think she's got so much upward mobility and so much more she can grow into. So, I mean, if you've watched any of the stuff that she's been doing in TJPW, like there's definitely something there, and that'll be a big part of it. And we talked about it earlier, traveling, and that's also something that, like, yeah, like traveling and spreading spreading your wings a little bit more definitely will help but yeah hopefully i'm wrong you know um moving on bk westbrook uh landon hales <laughs> dan i fucked this up earlier and mixed up these matches and all this but what are your thoughts on this match then i thought it was a cool match i i liked it better than landon's other match uh, uh versus eli um another good great bk um you know, performance. Both these guys, I think, have good Southern fundamentals. One one trained in North Carolina, the other in Alabama. Um, and uh, and yeah, I I think BK had a like a sneaky, really good tournament. Two very good singles matches. Um, and one thing we didn't put over, um, but I, I I believe he debuted in this tournament. And and you know, there's a nice little story. You know, obviously, um, you know, the referee SPO. Uh, passed away earlier this year. Um, someone who was, you know, a part of these shows in the past, and um, someone that everyone always had really nice things to say about, myself included. You know, I I wasn't super close to the man, but I was on shows with him and and always, you know, enjoyed my time around him. And um, someone who Landon Hale was obviously very close to wore the SPO armband all weekend, and I guess named his new finish the spo driver which is kind of like an electric chair down to an emerald frosion would be the best way to describe it looked fucking brutal 
and and hit it both on Eli and BK to win both matches and kind of a cool new move to debut that he, you know, ends up, you know, being part of the storytelling in, in the finals, um, whether or not he can hit it on, on a bigger guy after all the damage that he took. And um, yeah, I thought this was a, this was a really good match. I, I liked it quite a lot, actually. Yeah. It's kind of the same setup. You said the electric chair, but it's also got the, um, where he shoots the arm up into the half Nelson, like a one wing angel that then flips over onto the side um, into a, yeah, like Emboflosion, uh, half Nelson kind of driver thing. So definitely a, a, a sick move and definitely uh, a, a worthy, you know, namesake for the move, which the fans and the crowd was definitely super into. Um, Quentin, what did you think about Hale and Westbrook? I think, I think you guys about covered it. Just, I, I probably I probably have Thatcher and Priest as my match of the tournament, but like this isn't like super far off from me. Like I really I, I really I really do I really do enjoy this. And like in contrast to say like the uh, like the Hale and Eli Knight and Eli Knight match, like when you get to go back to like a very straight forward heel versus babyface dynamic dynamic again after kind of like a face versus face clash in the first round where you get like the really cool high spots and uh stuff like stuff like that and then the hug at, and then the hug at the end when you get to just go back to the basics with heel versus face stuff it just accentuates the best qualities of these guys because when the hell like uh dan pointed out earlier just a really really natural baby face and bk is one of the, is like the best rising heel in the scene so like you do something that makes a ton of sense on paper and I'll say that, like, if things go well, this should be a thing that, like, someone somewhere, like, builds around. Like, whether they're, like, rivals coming up or they get paired together in some type of way, like, something. Like, I think that these guys should be pa- should be paired off more in more meaningful ways, like, coming, going forward out of this. Yeah. And, uh, and it's so, it's, BK's, part of it is, so, it's so fun to watch because we have been following Eric Royal for so long and to it's very rare that you see someone who is just so that predecessor so perfectly and like it's even better because they're they don't you know there's not like the same they're not the same guy <laughs> you know you don't look at BK and look at Eric Royal and see the same guy but you watch them get in there and wrestle and the personality and the way that they can be these just terrible heels that everyone fucking hates so perfectly it's like okay you can definitely see that DNA and it's just it's it's watching the development but you mentioned your match of the of the tournament here with priest versus thatcher quentin and i god i hate doing this i hate saying this this is two of my guys and maybe this is building it up and expecting something but like you talked about the the pleasure of the pure heel babyface matchup like priest working so much heel shtick here almost kind of like took me out of this because I was hoping for just high octane, amazing in-ring wrestler versus amazing in-ring wrestler. And I don't know, like this was, (laughs) this is the only time I've ever said this in a derogatory way. And I apologize to, to, to Dylan if he listens to this, but this match just was priest was wrestling so fucking Southern. And I just, I, 
it kind of unfortunately really fucking was hard for me to take. So I, you know, I watched it again and I could see how great it was. And it's another one where probably in the building and actually being able to tell that the crowd was getting into it would really improve this for me. But yeah, like my initial reaction was just like, that's it. Like, and the stooging and the playing cat and mouse was so good that again, the rewatch really made me appreciate just how fantastic it was. And the way that priest, like (laughs) priest using the referee as a barrier was so fucking perfect repeatedly. Like he's just such a piece of shit. Um, and then playing into the, you know, the the DDT is the only move that's going to matter. Um, and he gets like kind of a modified DDT into the corner at one point. But even that's not enough. And yeah, like. I guess. The first time, like I said, the first time I watched it, it was so tough because I was like expecting something different. And then I got the like, this is Carney. This is Southern. This is not, you know what I was hoping for and then go back into it and just like, yeah, this is fucking great. Um, the corner spot that the commentary puts over where he like takes him around and, and looks like he's throwing him in one corner and then goes to the other was so, so perfect in the logic of kind of like the way that they sold it and the way it made sense where you could brace yourself for one thing, but then he throws him into the other and he didn't see it coming. So he's not braced properly. Like that was perfect. And yeah, I just, I just, I guess I'll just say like, I got myself so hyped up and so worked up and it was similar to the Thatcher tank thing where it's like, this is what you want. You expect something special. And then um, that kind of like dampered and made it hard for me to appreciate to where I had to watch it again to actually get it. And I just, you know, don't get the same thing from the Thatcher tank thing where like there is, this is a phenomenal wrestling match. Right. Um, But it's just like, yeah, like it was kind of good that this was not, you know, presented like this was not in the first round that this was in the second round, because I think if this had had time to get hyped up in my brain even more, I don't know if I would have been able to like ever appreciate it. But uh, but because it kind of like just was a nice like it happened match that I was able to then go back to and actually start to like get it and see it like now I was able to think it was great. Um, but I feel like I've, you know, I've rambled enough about like the conflicted nature of my opinion on this, but yeah, these are just two of the best wrestlers probably ever, um, two, of the, obviously two of the best wrestlers that are going right now. And, uh, and they really actually gave something that is like, it's so almost out of time. This is like a timeless match. Um, but yeah, Quentin, I, I guess, what were your thoughts on this? You said it was your match of the tournament. What did you think? I mean, yeah, for those reasons that it was conflicting for you, I think that, like, I that's why I thought it was, like, the best match of the tournament because, like, these guys are both great, right? And they could work a match with each other in a variety of different ways and it both and it still be great. Like, but I think at its core of, like, Adam Priest being, like, a chicken shit heel, like a complete dickhead that's playing this, long like long game trying to find a way to like outmaneuver thatcher who's just like a beast of a guy like in whatever way he can figure out is great and like it like really plays to the essence of like who both of these guys are like we know that like priest is talented but like he has no issue taking shortcuts or cheating at all because like that's just what he wants to do he wants to find like the easiest Road to something possible, even if he could go out there and just have a straight up wrestling match with no shenanigans and 
running around hiding behind the ref as possible because that's just not who like Adam Priest is. So like I loved it because it felt like really true to like what I would think that a match between the, these guys would look like. I mean, we've seen other things. We've seen Priest do other things. We've seen Priest do like stuff with Gresham or stuff with Koo and like it'd be great in different ways. But I think what made Koo, what made Priest who he was and why he started to stand out was how committed he was to like this aspect of his character, this heel shortcut aspect of his character. And like, I thought like Thatcher was a perfect foil for that stuff. So the rest, like the actual wrestling and something they get to do with each other is great, but the pacing of it and the way that they play it out and just bounce off each other as characters, I think is what makes it like a great match. Yeah. Dan, uh, what were your thoughts? I think if I if I stop and think about it, I also agree that it's the best match in the tournament. Um, I will say that I think it's a very good match. I'm I also found it a little disappointing. Uh, I knew ahead of time that's where this was going because I am privy to that kind of information. Um, and uh, I on paper I thought this is this is the match of the tournament to lose. Like these guys on paper are going to have the best match in the tournament the, the two best wrestlers in the tournament. Um, I think it's missing a final third. I think I love their interplay. I love Tim as the baby face priest as the chicken shit heel. I think everything you guys have set up to this point is, is spot on. And I think these two guys are great together. I just think we could have used some more, compelling drama on the back end of this match it feels like it ends a little too abruptly for what we were building how much time we spent building it um and i think if you give them an extra two or three minutes some compelling near falls and i think this is an all-timer as it as it stands it's still a very good match and probably my favorite match of the tournament and it, again, helps build the narrative of Priest as this dickhead heel um, going into the finals. Um, but yeah, I was a little disappointed, but still, like, I, I think maybe I just had unreasonable expectations because I found myself a little disappointed in the tank match. And I thought both of these matches were really good, and I thought Tim was great all weekend. So, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, yeah. you know, uh, it, none of this is bad by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I have to um, say, like, it kind of speaks to what I was saying there. The fact that you had more time to be hyped for this kind of affected your ability to accept it for what it was, um, which is kind of the same way I feel about it, where if I had had more time, you know, I expected it to happen. When I looked at it on paper, it's like, oh, yeah, of course, they're going to book this because, you know, while it's SCI and everything else about it, it's like we also know that they do throw us sickos these token matches like this. Like when SCI has the chance to book a match like this, they always seem to it happens to you know work out that we get it. And uh, and so it's kind of like ah, expecting it to happen, but then you know when it did happen, it uh, again it, it I think it really did deliver for what it was. But I get what you're saying. I liked the abruptness of it just because it played off of kind of the snap out of nowhere ddt like arn anderson style um and playing off of that either way 
Um, this is where, where I talked about like not talking about the non-tournament matches fucks with the flow, especially right here, because clearly it felt like the flow would be the next tournament match, but they break it up with the six man to help add a little bit more time for Darian Bankston, who was in the six man scramble at the opening of the show to have a little bit more time to rest before his next match against Flacco. Um, Dan, you've been in the ring with Darian Bankston, so I want to ask you, what is the deal with like the half kilt thing on his gear and then after that what's uh what's your thought on this match <laughs> uh yeah i i couldn't tell you about the half kilt thing i i'm not i'm not too sure about that it's a look i'm not sure uh i don't hate it but when he this one that he's wearing with flaco makes sense the other ones where it looks more like he's wearing like a flannel shirt but it looks like it's like tied around his waist like you know seattle grunge but it's only half is like really weird yeah i i'm not too sure about it if i'm being honest i haven't asked him about it either um i uh i really like bankston a lot i think he's got a ton of potential he tweeted out something like this past weekend this tournament uh, or i guess it was the previous weekend uh no it was this past weekend what am i saying it was his hundredth match ever so you know we're talking a guy who still has a lot of growth. Um, I thought this match was was good, but um, um, you know, not amazing. Didn't really like. I don't remember too much about it, if I'm being honest. And I understand card placement, giving Bengston as much time as possible between his matches. But I kind of feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I I, I would have preferred it earlier on the card. You know, before the six man. Um, so yeah, not not uh, not a bad match. Just kind of a it wasn't super memorable, if I'm being honest. And also, both these guys are baby faces, and I think it kind of suffered from that thing we've discussed. That especially in the South, you know, what matches are we talking about? Like it's our two favorite matches, you know, on this day, Landon and BK, Priest and Thatcher. Both of them have very defined heel face dynamics, and I think that can really help make or break a match in this environment. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Quentin, what did you think of uh, Bankston and Flacco? Uh, I feel like this would probably be better if it was like on an action show or something, or some or something like that. Like it was still good and like not bad at all by any by any means. I don't know why. I just kind of had the impression coming out of it that this would have been better if it was like on like a more tip more more typically uh ran wrestling show if that, if that if that makes any sense i don't know why but that's just it how does. i thought about it but it was it was still it was still solid though yeah i uh i have to agree i think this is another one fuck like <laughs> should i do fantasy booking i think i would have mixed things up a little bit here in the second round and probably done landon and flacco and even though like we talked about the pure baby face whatever and bk and darian i think would have kind of given you a better feeling coming out of this um that said, like, I don't know if I want to, you know, sacrifice how good the, the Landon and, and Westbrook match was for something like that. Um, just because, yeah, like this felt a little bit too babyface, babyface, especially when you want Bankston to kind of be coming in as like somewhat an underdog, the guy who's had to wrestle more than anybody else in the final, all of that. And you kind of like drop it here with the Flacco match where you just don't really... 
nothing really sticks out in here where it feels like anything. It just felt like this felt very like just event like eventual. Not that's not the correct word. Uh, like uh, that it was like already determined. Inevitable. That, inevitable is the word I'm looking for. Yes. Um, that Bankson is just going to win and go to the the final. Um, that said, I guess we should talk about the final. Um, I will just put it out there because fuck it. Um, I thought that this was probably the weakest SCI final um, of any of them. Um, I just the booking felt off to me in a lot of ways. Um, the the like I mentioned about how the DQ, you know, no DQ being expressly mentioned and priest just kind of showing up and starting to use the branding irons and the pliers just felt let's say tacked on but kind of like just really abrupt and really kind of just out of nowhere and just completely changed the tone of everything like really quickly um i really enjoyed priest up until that point before that just being a shit stirrer doing weird like dealing and tagging in and out and moving all around and causing all of this chaos for no apparent reason. I thought the commentary did a good job of making just him just being a complete random wildcard piece of shit make sense where they're just like, he's playing these fucking crazy head games. Um, And then, yeah, like when it then goes into just, he grabs branding irons, he beats people up the pliers trying to pull out fucking staples was sick as hell. Just incredible. Um, but then from there, it was just kind of tough to like, I thought that the finish with the final two, I get the idea, but I think I just thought that like the execution was not perfect because Manders had been, I won't say he had been like tweener, but it just like when you open it up and say like, not only did they kind of tease it, but the commentary is even selling like Manders is maybe willing to partner up with priests here. Um, and then you get into the final with him and Landon and you want to kind of do the babyface versus babyface, but Landon's at a major disadvantage and he's gotten beaten up and he's smaller and he's younger and like all of that stuff to where like he can lose and it feels fair. It just feels like you kind of unfortunately muddled it a bit by teasing any kind of heel tendencies to Manders early on. Um, and what you really wanted for that final was just a pure babyface versus babyface ass kicker like the younger smaller underdog proves himself against kind of a pure you would want like a him proving himself against a pure just badass babyface and not like someone who's had a little bit of teasing of possibly being a heel before that um so like that that was kind of my negatives that said i mean it was relatively quick overall, for, especially for an SCI final. It feels like they usually go much longer than this. And I felt like for storyline and for future booking and for feeling important, that was all executed really well. So I, I don't mean to sound like I'm saying it's bad or any of that. I just mean to basically say like um, it was not executed as well as I would hope for. Um, I guess... Dan, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the final here? Um, it you know I'll like peel back the curtain as someone who's been in a couple of these things, putting together a four way elimination, especially after you know you've you've already had a match earlier that night, that 
you know, you, you want to do your best to put forth something that feels like, a uh, all the, everything culminating, you know, everyone's got their own kind of individual storylines kind of leading up to it. You want to take measure of that. You want it to feel like something that's, you know, it's long enough. It has this kind of grandiose nature to it, you know? Um, and obviously the final that always gets, you know, talked up as being the best ever and, and, you know, rightfully so is 2016. Um, and that one goes like half an hour. Um, and that's, you know, that's uh hero, Jimmy rave, Henry and, and Gunnar Miller. Um, and so like, I don't know, I can't speak to anyone else, but to me, that was always that, what can we do to live up to that? You know, the, uh, you know, the level that that is set. And, you know, so 2019, I obviously don't get the opportunity to do so because of my injury we kind of have to do some things that get shoehorned in and it becomes more of a storytelling match but you can only do that for so long so it's relatively short thankfully 2021 i get i get a bit of a redo that's the second longest i think sci final ever uh the one that mac wins we go over 20 minutes but that takes a lot of work to to try and get enough of a um you know, meat on the bones uh, to have a final that really feels like it's fulfilling and, and, and pays off, you know, everything you've seen up to that point. Um, I don't know if I would call this the the d- most disappointing final, but it did feel very short. Um, looking at it right now, I guess it was a little over 13 minutes. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it's the dynamic I would have gone with. I, I liked Manders winning. It's not what I predicted. But I think I would have had him going over Priest as the final guy. I think that's the better babyface thing. I I agree with you that I liked Priest using the pliers on Hale. And I think you could use that as an out to get Hale out of there as Priest um, really leaning into this no rules or no DQ kind of nature of the four way and kind of using it to his advantage um, and Hale doesn't lose anything by, you know, being eliminated by priest being the ultimate dickhead. And then it's like, okay, we've seen priest at his truly his lowest, you know, eliminate this, this really sympathetic guy by pretty nefarious means. And we're going to be so much more excited to see Manders just beat the shit out of him. And you could have had those guys work like a full, you know, six to eight minute final two um, and really kind of milk it versus, you know, Manders and Hale is the final two. Yes, they're both, you know, kind of sympathetic. Manders less so, uh, but but he's obviously got kind of a natural, just people in that room and in that region like him. They've seen him on the come up. They've seen him since he won Futures all the way back in 2019. Um, so there's something there, but literally they had, you know, kind of one little trade-off at the end where they did just pit each other really fucking hard. And then... Hale goes for the big SPO driver, can't get it on the bigger guy. Manders, you know, obliterates him with a couple lariats. Um, it, you know, the final two, it wasn't bad. I just think it wasn't the right dynamic to have an all-timer of a final. Um, and and Bengston was kind of a non, non-factor in the thing, too. That's the other thing. I would have liked something that maybe had a little bit more time a little bit more meat on the bones and something that he, you know, something that he would have shined a little bit more in himself because he felt 
very much just kind of like uh, kind of thrown in. And, you know, I, I don't think that his story really paid off as well as it could have this guy who for the first time ever, um, you know, well, actually not the first time ever because Warhorse did it as well in 2019 wins the scramble goes all the way to the finals. Can he win? Well, there really was no matter of the fact because he was the first guy eliminated and it was within, you know, five minutes or so. So I don't think it's a bad match. I think it has a fulfilling ending. I think there's just little tweaks that they could have made um, that would have made it uh, a better match for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess just a, a more thoughtful version of kind of the stuff I was I was thinking and saying there. Truly, yeah. I, I mean, we're yeah. we're basically in agreement. I'm just expanding upon what you said. Yeah, Quentin, what did you think of the final here? Um, I'm not sure. It's the most disappointing one. Um, I think it's probably maybe a little tiny bit better than the 2018 final, which was uh, Lynch, Yehi, Hollis, and Gary J. Like. I think it's probably a, maybe a bit better than that, but like, but that's kind of like the level in which we're talking about it. Where they're not bad matches, but like, obviously, there's like just been like really, really strong, strong ones in the past, and uh, and today, and, and like, it was like a, it, it's a weird thing because it's the gift and the curse of having something in which like, if someone called that 2016 SCI final like an all-time great indie match, like I don't think that's a like a wrong statement at all like in terms of like how well this laid out how well everyone does their job the commentary the payoff like if someone called that an all-time great indie match i don't think that's a bet of anything out in outlandish but like because that's a standard that has been set by you in the past like it does become at some point the, the, the standard that you're held to and like that might not be entirely fair but like it's just reflective of like how great that we've like seen these matches be. And it's like different people, different levels of talent that you can work with, different things you can do. Like it all comes together as to why like you're still kind of like chasing that ghost. But like end of the day, like that's just a standard that has been like set by SCI finals at some point. Um I think that there's ways in which that the match itself could have been like worked on more. And I think that the payoff is, is good. To me, and I know that when you do a tournament, like the big thing is supposed to be like the payoff, like how you feel coming out. Just thinking about moving forward, honestly, like yeah, it's the payoff of Mander came through this system, got noticed, but got noticed that few showcase and shit like that, and now he wins SEI. Like that—that's the big story. But to me, I'm my takeaway is I'm thinking of like of, of Bengston and like what will inhale and like between like Manders and Hale. So like in a tournament, for the most part, the focus is on hey, this is the moment, making the moment big. And I feel like the moment was received well. But I guess for me as a viewer, like I was like more so thinking about like the future of the region because I think that while there might be issues with like the layout in terms of like building it to this crescendo of it being like a really, really great match. I think it sets up like the future of the region, hopefully in a really, really interesting way. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it, too. I think coming out of it, there's tons of building blocks here. Manders, especially being one who I think that we talked about it. You know, we mentioned, you know, I <laughs> I gave pushback to Dan, and I, you know, whatever. Um, that like a guy who's, I think, just normalizing, just getting kind of reestablished in places that he was kind of there and working before, like having him now have something that does make him instantly in the conversation, basically anywhere in the South region, in the top of the card is a good thing because he can mix it up with any promotion and any kind of top guy pretty instantly and be believable and gets over, you know, is always like the fans get behind him and it's, it's a good way to reestablish him and re kind of set the idea that Manders is, he's not a GCW guy as we kind of talked about earlier, where I think that that's where, you know, MLW, GCW, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys who's part of these indie companies that, you know, I hate to say it, but they suck. I don't want to think of Manders as a guy who's part of indie companies that suck. I want to think of Manders as a guy who's part of indie companies that are good. And this is a good way to reestablish that and start to get some good matches out of him again. Um, And he proved it here because he did have multiple good matches, including the final. And you've got also Landon, You've got Bankston, you've got Priest, obviously already established, but you've got people coming out of this who feel established to actually do something in the scene. So as you talked about, Quentin, there, it's not just about the match itself, which is a very high bar to compete with, not just that, you know, the 2016 match, not just Jimmy Rave, not just Chris Hero, but also Dan. I mean, Dan, two years in a row, you set the bar pretty fucking high. Um, Even if you think that, you know, the, the ear injury and all that, like, affected the quality of that match i it didn't affect it for me and that's still a match that i think about the final there where you won um as like a really fucking great match like you guys kind of set the bar really high and it does make it difficult but that doesn't mean that it's bad it just means like unfortunately sometimes you don't compare things that way um either way done with sci let's move on we're going to talk about it uh, dan you mentioned it earlier the cascadia cup all right night one we got dan makabe <laughs> versus Art- no um if you guys have any other final thoughts about this, about anything else you want to mention before we head out, let's uh, close it out for the night. Dan, you could, you know, feel free to start. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It, it was fun getting to watch this and talk about this. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't um, like pretty emotional that me- that weekend watching this from afar. Like we said right off the top, first SCI that I haven't been to in five years. Um, so yeah, I hope that i can be in the building next year even if it's just as a spectator or guy who hands out a trophy at the end of the night um sei is still i still think it's really special and i think it's a really good um way to get noticed get some shine on people who are deserving of it maybe don't have it quite yet and uh yeah um i still think i think both these shows are good and uh, they're easy watches. Check them out on IWTV if you haven't already. And uh, I just think SCI is just going to keep doing what it does for until who knows when. But uh, yeah, hats off to those guys for for putting together another another cool tournament. And uh, they need to get someone uh, on Thatcher's level for next year again because that's that's the trick. Is like how do you right. how do you top that or 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 level that? You know, like Thatcher was a really cool get for this year and i think they need to to keep up that energy going forward so 
Uh, yeah, Quentin, I mean, I guess feel free for anything else you want to say before we close out and close it out. Uh, I was going to say I'm very disappointed in, that no one informed me that Dan and didn't you didn't you wrestle Artie like yeah you need to get get you need to get back on Twitter Quinn what are you doing no one pal? no one fucking told me this <laughs> like what it's on YouTube no it's free on YouTube it's free on YouTube watch it when we get off the phone it's yes, really I'm gonna, good I'm gonna do that because <laughs> like I don't know why someone just didn't think to inform me that this thing that happened but so I saw that earlier and I was like wait like I, I don't know how I'm just getting I would just get like left out of the fucking Daniel Makabe match tag that like no one well, like yeah like yeah I just didn't get I just didn't get informed of this. <laughs> well, I'll be honest, because we're gonna have Dan on here tonight. I didn't want to, you know, we were gonna do the SCI. I've talked to you guys before we started. I'm way too busy to watch extra wrestling, so I wasn't gonna have time to watch the Cascadia Cup yet. So Quentin, I basically hadn't mentioned it to you because I knew it wasn't gonna come up on the podcast, and I didn't want to to tempt you into saying fuck it, let's not talk about SCI because it'd be really <laughs> weird if we had Dan on the show today. And we were talking about, you know, wrestling matches that he was in. That would be odd, right? We would never do yeah, no, something like that on this podcast. I don't know why anyone would do that ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that, that's it. I'm going to make sure to check out the uh, the, the Cascadia Cup uh, because just based off that alone, I was like, I feel like I need to watch this. But it seems like it, I've seen like really, really good reviews. For, like, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I think it's a really good tournament that holds up to SCI. Maybe is better than SCI, honestly. So um and yeah it's free on youtube so check it out everyone you heard but, that man. Uh, you heard that dylan better than sci <laughs> um well before i guess before i do this uh dan do you have anything that you well i guess you just plugged it you plugged cascadia cup but do you want to plug your twitter if people don't follow you for some reason like i don't know but yeah if you're listening to the show you probably already follow me yeah follow me on twitter and instagram if you don't add daniel makabe Watch the Cascadia Cup on YouTube. It's something that I'm very proud of, not just for my own work, but just for us as a region. I think everyone works really hard and tried to put their best foot forward. And I think it's a really cool tournament. Has similar good storytelling, baby faces and heels and all that jazz. Um, and then I have a couple dates booked. None of them are announced yet. But um, when... They are. You can check out my Twitter, and you'll be sure that I'll be talking about them. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm obviously slowing down, but I'm I'm not ready to to be done altogether quite yet. Uh, I've got a few. Honestly, I've got a list of people that I want to wrestle before I quit, and it's a bunch of my friends that I've met in over the years, and so I'm not ready to be done until I've wrestled all those people at least one last time. So, uh, but as always, um. Thank you for joining us this time. We didn't go three hours this time. I think that's a real accomplishment for us that we did not go three hours. I was really adamant on not going three yes. hours. And honestly, like round of applause to you guys for, for not going three hours. I think we, I think we really found <laughs> something special here. Uh, you can follow me at QT underscore Moody. You can follow Tim at our Witch Dutch. You can follow the podcast network at WDKW PN. And if you're feeling us so kind to you could donate to us on coffee because I mean, if Dan's back active again, I think that the only things that we should be doing is just pitching in to book Dan matches. So if you want to pitch in and get Daniel Makabe versus Ray Echisaro booked, like, I don't know. Let's just fuck it. Let's let, let's, let's see how far we can push this thing. Let's get Dan versus Echisaro <laughs> booked. But thank you all for listening and hope you're here next time.